Gentlemen, welcome back. It is the Mouth and Off Sports Show presented by WBIN 91.5 FM. It is me, Dan Sadik, going to be joined in by Jonathan and Ryan a bit later on the phone. And it should be a great show. We got plenty to talk about. If you've been catching up or keeping up with us on the off-air pod that we've been releasing, thank you and thank you for listening. We've been trying to catch up with everything that's been happening in the summer And this week, we have week three, full slate of NFL games. The Patriots, obviously, of course, just steamrolling teams. Absolutely steamrolling. Like, just like in 07, pretty much. Offensively, they're not as impressive. But, man, we have a fun team to talk about. Looks like we're going to have a fun year. And they're not really not going to get challenged until around week 10, right after their bye. So, but welcome back. Welcome back. We are on a new time slot, if you haven't noticed. Tuesdays, 5 to 7, that's when you can catch the show every single week. Unless there's a holiday or a snowstorm, something. Unless that happens, this is where you can catch Mouth and Off Sports. Every single Tuesday, 5 to 7. You can call us at 508-531-1303. Except the phone patch, from what I've heard, is broken at the moment we're getting that fixed this week i believe so you know we're all good on that front but thank you for listening and keep up with all the sports talk until 7 p.m we uh record all these shows by the way so you can catch the show on soundcloud itunes where you catch your podcast we post them on twitter so if you want to catch those it's at mouth and off radio on twitter and we'll have those up either the night of the show or that morning. So hop on a board, hop along the train, because we have so much to talk about this whole year. It's going to be a great year of football. And around the league, too, storyline after storyline, quarterbacks going down, the Patriots a little bit banged up here and there, the whole Antonio Brown saga. We're not going to get too much into that. What I will say is that before the allegations and, and everything on Antonio Brown, before all of that came out, when he was pretty much just the crazy Raider and wanted to go elsewhere, whatever, didn't want to play for them, I was okay with the move. I liked the move pre-allegations, all of that. After all the allegations came out and everything, it became very clear and evident. He was the story. He was literally the story every single day. There was something new. He couldn't stay off his phone. He couldn't just stop. He couldn't just leave everything and be a normal person. Antonio Brown just, he did it to himself. And the, the Patriots cut bait with him before their week, uh, their game against the Jets this week. And I think it was the right move. Probably a little too late in terms of just PR, PR backlash for the Patriots. But clearly it was too much. Every single day a new story comes out. And it makes it hard to just talk about football. And watching that game that he was in, you know, after everything coming out, it, yeah, like, was I impressed by some of the catches? Yeah, of course. But, yeah, they don't need him on this team. And I think, oh, we are getting a phone call. Maybe the phone patch is working. Hold on. We're going to check this out, and we'll be right back. Just one more. 
All right, folks. So we have Ryan, co-host Ryan, on the phone, and I believe the phone is working. I was just talking to him, but Ryan is our co-host. He's calling in from Parts Unknown right now, and very happy to have him on the show here. Doing it solo is, you know, it's okay, but it's always nice to have a partner in crime. Ryan, how you doing, my man? Yep, so the phone patch clearly is only working through the phone because you guys can't hear him. I can't hear him through my ear. All right, so we just found out the fun way and hard way uh, that the phone patch is indeed broken. It's only working through the phone, but that's okay. Uh, We will see if we can get that sorted out a different way. If not, we'll have callers in next week, hopefully, uh, once that's all squared away. But back to the discussion. Yeah, I don't think the Patriots really needed the headache of new information and new allegations coming out every week on Antonio Brown. And especially with the tweets that he fired out on Sunday morning uh, about Kraft, about Robert Kraft, and just a really bad look. He deleted the, the tweets, but we all know, like, once you put it out there, you, there's really no taking it back. And he said some, I, I'm not going to restate what he said, can't do it, and wouldn't want to do it because it was just so disrespectful and unprofessional. And when a player does that, because we all know with the Patriots that sometimes they – They'll let guys go. They'll bring them back after maybe a couple of years or maybe even that season. Sometimes we've seen it with Jamie Collins, who is back on the team. We've seen it in the past with uh, with Garrett Blunt. We've seen it with Patrick Chung. Uh, He wasn't with the team. He had a split. Uh, He was with the Eagles a little bit, and then he came back. We've seen it with plenty of players. And one could maybe conceivably think, before he put out all those tweets and everything like that, that if... When all is said and done, if Antonio Brown somehow, some way, skated through everything and nothing came from all these allegations, if everything was just was just thrown out the window and he was sort of welcomed back into into the league, then maybe the Patriots would have maybe taken a shot again. But once you fire out tweets like that, there's no way, and they're going to do everything in their power to not write him a check for the guaranteed money. I believe it was nine million total. Five million um, was scheduled to be paid to him, I believe, yesterday, and then the last four million was going to be later on. But they're going to fight tooth and nail to not give him that money. Especially, like, what are you doing with those tweets? What are you doing? I hope his agent, somebody close to him, gets to him and really shines a light on what that guy's doing right now. It's not a good look, and I don't think we'll see him in the NFL again. I really don't, and. That's a waste of talent, but if the allegations on him, I mean, there's enough allegations to really just to, to just know he's not a good uh, a good guy. It, like, really, it's really not that hard to tell. But moving on from that, because he's not on the team anymore, he's somebody else's issue, not a team's issue, and probably not going to be in the league again. The Patriots are three and zero. They look pretty good, and when I mean pretty good, I mean they look dominant. Both sides of the ball, for the most part. Offensively, they still have some things to work out. The running game, the offensive line is in shambles right now. And, you know, you got really bad news yesterday on James Devlin. He goes to the IR. Now you got Isaiah Wynn on the IR. You got you got uh, Nikhil Harry on the IR. And you got Isaiah Wynn. You, you can only bring two of those guys back. So one of them staying there. You can only bring two back. 
If I had a bet right now and give you a guess on who the two would be, it'd be Isaiah Wynn and James Devlin because unless they get a big injury in the wide receiver group, but I don't really envision that. Yes, Edelman's a little banged up. Yes, Josh Gordon got a little banged up, but I don't foresee the wide receiver spot really being a huge issue. I think Brady has enough there that he can make it work, even if a guy goes down for a bit. So I'm not really too worried there. I'm worried about the off- the offensive line because, one, Brady. Brady needs to stay upright at all costs, and you also need to have the running game at least be part of the offense to an extent. Yeah, are they going to be run first? Probably not as much as they were last year, especially towards the end of the year where they were really run heavy. Probably not that run heavy this year, but at least have an assemblance of a run game with Sony Michelle, and clearly Sony Michelle has gotten off to a tough start this year. And it's not it's not easy when Marcus Cannon gets banged up and he's clearly not 100%. Isaiah Wynn gets banged up and now he's on the IR. They brought in at least two additional offensive linemen after their final cuts. So they really have their work cut out for them on the offensive line. And that's a tough spot because everywhere else, they look across the board like one of the most talented Patriots teams we've we've ever seen. And I don't think that's really a bull take. It's just take a look and take a look at how dominant. I know they haven't played any tough teams yet. They're not playing any tough teams for a bit. But just on paper. What this team has done in the first three games, unbelievable. Unbelievable. The defense, the defense itself has not given up a single touchdown. All 14 of the Jets' points yesterday, sorry, Sunday, came from either it was special teams or it was a pick six, right? Jared Siddham throws a pick six in garbage time, and Gunnar Olszewski muffs a punt, and they pick it up and score. The defense is dominant. And yeah, they were going up against a backup, you know, Luke Falk. Moment way too big for him. There's no way the Jets were going to even be close in that game. But just for what it's worth, what they've done so far, they're not allowing any scoring. Any. And going back to the Super Bowl against the Rams, just dominant. Absolute dominant. Didn't let up a touchdown in that game either. And they just look... They just look locked in. They really do. And I think, yeah, is 19-0 on the board? I firmly believe it is on the board. Am I predicting they're going to go 19-0? No. But is it on the board? Yes. And seriously, are they going to lose by the bye week? I don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening. If you take a look at their schedule, like they're really not playing anyone until – after their bye week. Yes, this week they're playing the Bills. The 3-0 Bills. Albeit their toughest matchup yet. I'll give you that. Because the first week, you had a Steelers team that really just did not look ready to start the year. And they were abysmal offensively. Week two, you have the Dolphins, which are looking like a historically bad team. Just a historically bad team, top to bottom. They could go 0-16 for all we know. So you have that. Week three, you get a Jets team without their starting quarterback. You go up against their third-string rookie quarterback, Luke Falk. And it was 
like you just knew going in. It was a matter of the Patriots were going to cover the spread or not, pretty much. They weren't going to lose that game. But this week, you get the Buffalo Bills, who actually look like somewhat of a decent team, a pretty solid team, especially defensively. And offensively, they look like somewhat competent. I'm not saying they're going to blow doors. And yes, defensively, I know they they blew a 14-point lead on Sunday, but still, they have talent on that D. And offensively, they're not inept, right? They have Josh Allen. They got a young tight end that had a breakout game last week. And overall, their offense, it's not, again, you're not going to put up 35 points. But they're going to hang in there. And I think they could give the Patriots a little bit of a a little bit of a battle this coming week, but I don't see them dropping it. Yeah, it's on the road. It could be a trap game. In most years, it could be a trap game, but I don't see the Patriots losing in Buffalo. Not this team. Not this team. No way. It's not happening. And then you just look ahead. After this week, you get the Redskins on the road. Then you get the Giants at home, which could be, again, that could be a decent game. That could be a little bit competitive because the Giants... They bench Eli Manning. They have a huge comeback win out of their rookie quarterback, uh, Daniel Jones. And you're thinking, okay, this kid might get it. They might have something here. So there's that. And then you get the Jets on the road, Monday night football. After that, no shot they lose that one yet again. And then the Browns at home, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to all potential Browns fans out there. Any. But this is a lost season for the Browns. I'm saying it right now. Not that we're a big Browns show here, but we talk about everything in uh, the NFL, NBA, all that. We're not exclusive to just the Boston teams. I'll tell you right now, the Cleveland Browns are canceled. They are absolutely canceled. Freddie Kitchens, I'm sorry. They need to get a little bit more aggressive with their playbook. They need to coach up Baker a bit more because Baker looks like Baker Mayfield looks like he's just a deer, a deer in headlights. And he drops back, and literally it just feels like he's locked into one read or he's locked into just, it's like a preconceived thing. And he's not actually reading the defense when he gets up there and when the when he actually hikes the ball. It's just like, it feels like the the decision was already made before he even threw it. So I don't like the Cleveland Browns this year. I think that's an absolute, an absolute just just softball of a game Browns at home another easy win most likely then after that Ravens on the road and granted Ravens look good they definitely look like at least offensively they're they're going to be trouble for the Patriots because Patriots typically have issues uh, with mobile quarterbacks we all know that Lamar Jackson can also throw the ball pretty well from what we've seen so far I don't really like what they did against the Chiefs this week. I feel like they they allowed the Chiefs to push them out of their element. And we'll get we'll get into this a bit more when Jonathan gets here, but like it really just felt like the Ravens did not play their style of play. They wanted to just be like the Chiefs and try to put up a billion points and it did not pan out for them. But again, that will be a tougher game, but that's really your first like actual challenge. And then you get into the into the, the nitty-gritty with the Eagles on the road, Cowboys at home, Texans on the road, Chiefs at home, and then that's pretty much it. Then you finish off with the Bengals on the road, Patriots 
against the Bills, and then the Dolphins against the, to end the year. So there's really just that middle, that middle grouping of games, right, after their bye. And that's when the games are going to get really good. Pretty much every week until then, we're going to be talking about games like this against the Jets. Blowouts, not a whole lot that you can really sink your teeth into. It's just more or less a, a boring boring game in a way. When it's really just one-sided, yeah, it is fun to watch the Patriots beat up on teams. But after a little bit, you're like, all right, I want a little bit of competition. I want something else here. I don't want to see them just blow doors the whole year. Because then come playoff time, you'll actually get tested. And then who knows? You know, it's a it's a different group than last year overall. I mean, yeah, you got a lot of the same guys. But you got some guys that haven't been in certain spots like that. Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon hasn't sniffed a playoff game in his career. He would have last year if he if he didn't get suspended. But he has never been in a huge gotta have it third and ten AFC championship game like he's never been in that spot so you got guys like that who I think need a little bit of adversity before say the playoffs and you got big moments in there you need to have some big moments in the regular season so that's what I want at least for the team itself do I want them to drop a game no I think they can get they can get tested without losing it just has to be close, or maybe they need a big drive at the end, or they need a big stop at the end. We need more games like that, just so they have some level of preparation for that kind of situation. They can't just blow doors the whole year and just be these ridiculous front runners, and then finally get some adversity and then crumble or not know how to respond to it. For the most part, they, they got guys that have already been there. But as we know, Belichick loves to bring in other guys. You know, he loves to bring in plenty of other bodies that are motivated, that are going to buy into the system. And at some point, having some adversity, some battle test, it's not a bad thing. It's actually a very good thing. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we will dive a bit more into this Patriots team and their potential, looking at the Bills next week. And we're going to recap the rest of the NFL games, all the all the games from this past week. And then we'll probably look ahead and see what's on the slate for this coming week. And after that, we'll see. We'll probably have Jonathan by then. So we'll probably go over uh, the final segments at that point. Maybe we'll touch on a little bit of basketball. But it's probably going to be an all-NFL, all-Patriots type of show. I mean, we're still not even in basketball season, true basketball season yet. Hockey's yet to start up. Baseball, we all know how that went this year. The Red Sox just, it just was not their year. They, they checked out. They were never ready. They, they really, they were just on 2018 the whole year. And they really just never turned the page. So we'll be back. Again, you are listening to the Mouth and Off Sports Show on 91.5 WBIM, and we will catch you in a little bit. Welcome back. 
You are listening to WBIM 91.5 FM. It is the Mouth and Off Sports Show hosted by Dan Sadik. And we will be joined in by one of my co-hosts, Jonathan. He should be here probably in about 5-10 minutes. And we'll get that conversation going all about the Pats and the NFL. And until then, we'll discuss the Patriots. Specifically, I want to talk about how, again, their receiving core their depth, and how, honestly, they're going to be just fine without Antonio Brown. Mainly because they already have guys, right? They already have guys like Edelman, again, banged up a little bit, but assuming health, assuming health, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, and then you got guys like Ben Watson, who's going to come back. He might be able to give you a little something. And then Nikhil Harry on the IR, he's probably probably done for the year, barring any major setback from anyone on the current active roster. And then Jacoby Myers, who has had a few flashes here and there. He's still kind of proving himself, trying to get in that Brady circle of trust that we all know is so vital for receivers and so hard for young receivers to get into and to get fully get that full trust with Brady. Because Edelman has it, right? Edelman has it to the point where he could drop a ball that's pretty well thrown to him and Brady would go right back to him. Now, there's not, I really don't know any other guys besides like Edelman or Gronk. There's very few, very few that you could literally drop like an important pass, one that's even right to you. And he trusts you so much that he will go back to you on the next play. So I, think really only Edelman Dorsett might have that with Brady too Brady Brady spoke pretty glowingly about Dorsett during the preseason Get, really really gave him his like stamp of approval and I think again they have enough they don't need Antonio Brown Philip Dorsett so far I mean he had six catches this week he's catching the ball every single week he had that one ball that didn't get overturned it was ruled incomplete Looked like he caught it, but this guy doesn't really drop much. He had a ridiculous streak of targets and catches uh, consecutively. I mean, he he's legit, and I think Brady trusts him. So right there, he's a guy that I like. And then you got Josh Gordon, who I know he could be a question mark. He's proven to be a question mark his whole career. And I think, I mean, call me crazy. Call me crazy. I think he's going to last the whole year. I think he's going to be on this team come playoff time, and I think he's going to be one of the key key players overall. If they're going to make a Super, Super Bowl run, you better hope Josh Gordon keeps things you know on the straight and narrow, doesn't do anything, doesn't test positive for any banned substances, hopefully. But you better hope so, and that's the way I feel. I think he is. I think he's going to be fine. I think especially being in this environment. I think the longer he's been in this Patriots, this New England environment, the better it's been for his overall mental health. And I think that they really have his back. You know, Brady Brady always speaks very highly of him. And I think he's just, he seems like a different guy from years past. And again, who knows? Next week, for all we know, he could test positive for a banned substance and then he's suspended again but I don't know I think a lot of people were surprised when he was reinstated because that came out of nowhere 
All of a sudden, Josh Gordon got reinstated, and then you're like, all right, you know, we have a legit receiving core again. As long as he's out there, he's legit. I mean, he's huge, and he can actually run people over. We saw that one play he had, the slant in week one, where he just runs a little quick slant and then literally just runs over two, three other defenders, gets in, gets in the end zone. You need a guy like that because Edelman, yes, he's going to catch almost every ball thrown to him. He does fight for yards. He does take a lot of hits, but he's not going to do stuff like that. He's not going to run a quick slant, run a few guys over like that. So that's why I'm just – I'm really high on Josh Gordon this year. Is he going to be an all-pro when it's all said and done after this year? Probably not. Will he have duds like he did week two against Miami? Probably. I think Antonio Brown being out there that week was also a factor of him not being productive. But overall, going forward, he's a guy you gotta you gotta have. You gotta have. You gotta rely on. Cause Gronk is not coming back. For anybody that thinks that, I was one of those people for a while. I was like, oh, I mean, all he needs to do is, you know, a few weeks of of working out, getting back in football shape. He you know, he could totally do it. Week fourteen, whatever it is. But as we've seen from him partnering up with CBD Medic, that CBD company, and just from overall his actions, his actions thus far, yeah, he's joked around with like Barstool and stuff like that about coming back, all oh, week 14, all that, but it's not happening. If he comes back, it's not this year. It, it just, it won't, it will not be this year. So you got to rely on a guy like Josh Gordon. And I think if, as long as he's there, He's going to be huge for this run, and you're going to need him. Because without him, without him, you don't even have your first-round drafted wide receiver out there. He's on the IR. You got an undrafted guy out there, Jacoby Myers, who I like, but I don't like as your second or third option, not yet at least. Then you got Philip Dorsett, who's, again, great. He's a really reliable guy. You can depend on a guy like that, especially throwing the ball to him. I don't like him as your number two option. Like if it's if it's Edelman, Dorsett, Myers, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble. And yeah, could 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 they conceivably figure it out? Yes, absolutely. But it will make things significantly significantly more difficult by a wide margin. Having Josh Gordon out there, you know, for anybody anybody that's a that's against Josh Gordon or thinks he's bad for the offense. Who else do you want? Do you want them to go out and trade for an old Emmanuel Sanders who's probably over over the hill now? Father time is catching up to him. No. No. I I want a guy like Josh Gordon for his athletic ability and what he can do. What he can do on the field. Yeah, he's not going to he's not 2013 Josh Gordon, right? He's not he's not going to put up like 1500 yards, 12 touchdowns, probably not. But he's a weapon. He is absolutely a weapon. And the more he's out there with Brady and the rest of the offense, because the Patriots had him for about 10 weeks last year, if I'm not wrong. And if you don't have him out there, your offense is going to be struggling, for lack of a better phrase. Struggling, big time. And yes, you'll get James White back after he had his kid. You'll get him back. He'll be back in the passing game too. Absolutely. But 
it's that wide receiver core. If you don't have Gordon in there, you're in trouble. And that offensive line, that offensive line, man, that could be the one thing that hinders them from a legit Super Bowl run. If they have another guy or two go down, like if Cannon goes out for the year and say like Karras, Ted Karras, if he gets hurt, oh, oh, the world of trouble that you'll be in. You're already in trouble with your offensive line. That's like that's already a given. The running game is suffering immensely. Sony Michelle averaged under two yards per carry on Sunday. And it's not really his fault. It's the lack of an offensive line and the runs that he does between between the twenties. I mean, you're in the middle of the field. Those are going to be harder runs. And Rex Burkhead, yeah, he looks pretty solid out there. But again, he went the situations that he's in favor favor him way more so than Sony Michelle. So, and again, I really like uh, having Rex Burkhead out there. I think he's proven to be one of the better backs on the team this year. But. Again, you know, I, I want to see Damian Harris a little bit, the third-round pick. I want to see him out there, but I don't know why he hasn't been. He was a healthy scratch this week. So I'd, li- I'd like to see that, absolutely. And, again, I, I trust Dante Scarnecchia more than pretty much anybody else to handle that, o- that offensive line. But it's not like he's – it's not like he can just wave a magic wand, right, and it, the offensive line will figure itself out. No, it's going to be these first eight weeks really are going to be sort of the tool, the vehicle to figure out this offensive line, figure out the offense, because the defense looks pretty good. Oh, man, do they look dominant. Absolutely. Jamie Collins back on the team just fits right back in. It's like he it's like he never left. It really is. It's it's wild. It's, it, it's truly wild. And I think, again... They're going to be doing stuff like this all year, and especially the first eight weeks. Jonathan just got here, so we're going to take a quick break. Thank you for listening to the Mouth and Mouth Sports Show. My name is Dan Sadik. We'll be back right after this. Alrighty, we are back. We are back, and we are joined. Thankfully, we have Jonathan Sullivan in studio. How are we doing, Jonathan? Good. How are you doing, Dan? I'm doing pretty good. No complaints. This is your first time in studio. How does it feel? Uh, it feels good. Yeah. You know, I've never been on 
the air before in America. I was actually <laughs> in Jamaica. I was on a radio show once when I went there with some yeah. our high school Spellman on a mission trip. But oh. in the uh, States, uh, never been on. So hello, FCC. I will, <laughs> will not violate your guidelines. <laughs> we appreciate that. We appreciate a nice, clean show. A nice, clean, as Brady would say, a... Uh, you know, a nice, clean, hard-nosed show. So yeah, it's a family show. It, it is a family show. We we all know that here. But yeah, we're broadcasting from the fishbowl. Uh, actually, no, sorry, the bear cave uh, upstairs, all the way up in the old studio. And the phone patch is broken, unfortunately. That's getting fixed this uh, this week, I believe. So um, going forward, next next week, we should be all set to like take calls and all that good stuff. You know, love that. So I was really just. If you were listening on your way in, I was talking about the Patriots, the wide receiver core, uh, the offensive line, touched on Antonio Brown a bit and why, yes, it would have been nice to have, but they really don't need him. Like, they were just overall, yeah, it, it would be nice to have that kind of receiver, but they really don't need him. And it's not like he... Well, I'd put a, an asterisk on that. They don't need him as long as what they have now stays healthy. Yep, and I was touching on that too because now now they absolutely need Josh Gordon. They they cannot afford someone like him or Edelman to go down for say the whole year. I agree. I mean, everyone knows that I'm not the biggest I'm not the biggest Josh Gordon, you know, fan out here. Yep. But I will I have to admit that he is vital to this Patriots team. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, last year you had you had the Gronk, and you still had Edelman. You had James White. Well, now you don't have Gronk, so you ha- and you need someone to replace Gronk's production, and mm-hmm. that person is Josh Gordon. Exactly, and yeah, he's not a he's not the, a tight end. Obviously, he's not gonna he doesn't have the same play style as Gronk. But I mentioned the play in Week One, the quick slant that he scored on. He ran over two to three guys. Like Edelman is not that kind of receiver. He's going right. to catch almost every ball. And that catch that he made against the Jets down by the goal line on that third and 22 on Sunday, oh. that's a catch that Gronk could make. That's not a catch that Julian Edelman can make. Julian no. Edelman's going to go across the middle and catch it and get popped. But Julian Edelman can't go you know, to the eighth floor <laughs> and catch it like Josh Gordon can because he's just not the same type of athlete that Josh Gordon is. Right, and back shoulders, like you need Josh Gordon for, for the back shoulder throws. Because, again, that's not Edelman's route. That's really not his type of route that he runs. And, yeah, I, I like guys like Jacoby Myers in there. You know, we're big stands of uh, Jacoby Myers. And Philip Dorsett, love the player too. But if you had to slot those guys higher, like if, if Dorsett was your number two and Myers was your number three, like, you're in trouble. Right. Like with Jacoby Myers, I mean, I think he's good, but... There's a reason why he went undrafted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like everyone said, it's not like, oh, this guy literally is a first-round talent. I mean, there's a reason why he went in the undrafted. I mean, I'm not one to say that he can't become, you know, some franchise-wide receiver, but our expectations, especially for a rookie undrafted, you can't expect him to come in here and catch 100 balls, you know? At, Absolutely. He His expectations have to be managed. I mean, I wouldn't expect to kill Harry to come in and catch 100 balls if he played all season. So, with Myers, I mean, he's solid, and Dorsett the same thing. I mean, Dorsett is more along the lines of Edelman, as in Dorsett is small. He's not, like, he's not going to go up and get that. He's not going to climb the ladder to get he's that good catches like Josh Gordon is, which is why, like, if you lost Josh Gordon, you can't replace him 
with Philip Dorsett or Jacoby Myers because they don't play the they play the same position in the in the book, but on the field they don't play the same position of wide receiver. If no. you know what I'm saying? No, yeah, absolutely. And like e- even if you could swing a, uh, a trade for a guy that you know w- would be a Brady guy like an, an Emmanuel Sanders, there's no guarantee they're going to fit in the offense. There's no guarantee they're going to be healthy. And I don't really trust wide receivers just coming in and figuring like just on the fly trying to figure it out with Brady unless it's like an all pro talent then like it doesn't really matter but right and even with Antonio Brown who is an all pro talent they were still shaky I mean he was 50 percent yeah when he targeted him catch rate yeah so you know that's not that good and yeah there was like timing too right because I remember there was like one slant that Brown had he was like he just ran a slant and didn't even look and Brady threw it right away right and I feel like that's the thing too, timing. Like you have to like get that feel, like just that chemistry with Brady. That we all know it's not easy. Uh, I was saying er- earlier too. Think of think of who's in Brady's circle of trust, right? Guys like Edelman, guys like Gronk in the past. Guys that if he went to them and they dropped a big ball, he trusts them to the point where he would go back to them. Right, and these are the type of guys you mentioned Brady's trust and stuff. Julian Edelman, you could go out to some high school field and the pits black, lights off, and Brady could say, Jules, run a 10-yard dig. And they could throw it in the pits black, <laughs> and Brady could put it into Edelman's hands because that's how much they're on the same page with each other. Yeah. And that takes that that takes years. Yeah. He's been he's been their their lead slot guy since Welker left in uh, after twelve. So it's yeah. it's been six years that they've been you know, honing in this right. chemistry. Yeah, Julian Edelman is, as I would say, I mean, I don't really remember the very early years of the Patriots dynasty, but I would say he's been the most consistently best wide receiver of the Brady era for, you know, the longest time. I understand Moss had yep. better seasons and, and Welker had better seasons than Edelman has. But if I was to take one guy, if Brady was to take one guy, who would he, who would, would he say is his number one wide receiver Edelman. during his career? Edelman. I think it's Edelman. Yes. It's Edelman or... Troy Brown or Dion Branch, but I think Edelman's passed those guys. Yeah, because, again, Welker lacked something that all of those other guys have, and that's big play in yeah. big moments. Edelman is tough. He is tough. T-U-T-O-U-G-H, tough. I mean, really, though, like, when you look back on it, there's a reason why they, they never won with Welker or Moss. It's just right. when it came down to... I got to have it, got to have it, got to have it. You know, you, you let a ball slip through your hands. I mean, I know we're going off the rails a little bit, but I want I just want to make this one point. For people that want to defend Welker in that drop in Super Bowl in 2011, I forget the exact number. I think that's 46 or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Anyways. Sounds right. If they're going to try to defend him, and it was like at his head, I know it wasn't a perfect pass, then if you're going to bash or – Defend Welker for that. You're not allowed to cheer for Edelman in that catch in Super Bowl 51. You're not allowed. No. If if you think Welker, oh, no, it, was, it wasn't a good throw. Edelman literally caught a ball, and it was like a millimeter from the ground. From the ground. In in the Super Bowl, okay? Guy, guys that have plays like that. Danny Amendola against the Jacksonville Jaguars two years ago with a catch in, all the way in the back of the end zone. Playoff Danny Amendola. You need guys like that who are going to make plays 
in crunch time in the playoffs, and I think they have those guys right now. And even the Chris Hogan catch across the middle against Kansas yep. City where it's third, I think that was third and 10 or something, yep. and they reviewed it. Unbelievable catch. Unreal. Unbelievable. And I, I will say this too. The one thing that I would be still concerned about with Josh Gordon is that, you know, when he's been active, he has never, not once in his career, sniffed, even had a sniff of the playoffs. He would have last year if he didn't, you know, test positive for whatever. You know, we didn't even really get the full story on that. But regardless, he's never played a playoff game. I love his talent, but I don't know how he how he's going to react in that kind of situation. He's never been in it. so Right, it's a fair point. Yeah. It is a fair point. Hopefully you don't, you know, come the playoffs, it's not just Brady, Edelman, and White because those are the three guys that – you know they're going to show up. Yeah, that's true. And I love I love Gordon, though, for the amount of grit he displayed on Sunday. I mean, he looked like he was actually pretty hurt. And he comes back out, and he's still making plays. I know he had a, like a kind of a tough start to that game, too. There was one catch he should have had in the end zone that it was just like right over his head. Right. He did start slow. Yeah. I think Brady was like one of five or one of six targeting him to start the game or something like that. Yeah, and and also too, I just think it's like if you don't have him out there again, you know, you either have to trade for somebody or you have to try to shoehorn Nikhil Harry in there, which we all know would not work. Like Nikhil Harry is probably going to get shelved for the year, most likely. I think most likely, unless James Devlin's injury is serious. Well, because they they can only bring back two people right. from the IR. Yeah. And if I'm bringing two back, I said this earlier too, I'm bringing back Devlin and Isaiah Wynn. I agree. I would bring back those two as well, but I'm worried that Devlin's injury is the most serious yeah, of the three, neck and, and he back, may right? have to miss the whole year. Yeah, that's that's a scary one too. Because he had, not that he's huge for their offense, but he's a great blocker. Right. He had four touchdowns last year. Um, he, he was great for them when they... When they had to have it right on the goal line, yeah, I mean he's he the best. Great. He's the best fullback in the league. You know, it's true. And it's, you know, I know the fullback's a dying position, but he's very valuable to that team. Extremely valuable. And you miss him. You you notice it on Sunday. They couldn't run the ball. No, you miss James. Oh. James Devlin. Poor Sony Michelle, man. He, oh, what did he average like one point nine per carry or something like tough. that? It His was long run was five yards. Oh man. Oh, man, and I don't even blame him. Like, he had nowhere to go. Right. He had nowhere to go in that game. I don't expect him to do much again this Sunday against Buffalo. That's a good run defense. Yeah. Yeah, probably not. It's going to have to be an air game, just aired out. And honestly, yeah, I'm happy. I'm very happy, actually, the Bills won and they're 3-0 because at least least they're going to put up a fight. You know, they're they're not going to roll over. They're not... They're, they're like a real football team. Like, the Jets, right now, they're a fake football team with no Sam Darnold, no Trevor, Simeon. I mean, good Lord. And the Dolphins, fake football team. And that even, even the Patriots week one, they, weren't, they weren't, were not even ready to start the year. I'm sorry. They're, they're a fake football team, too. Uh, just terrible. But the Bills, on the road, you might get a little bit of pushback. I don't think it's going to be like 40, you know, like a, like a one score game or anything, 
But I don't think it's going to be like 40 to 3 or anything like we've seen so far. No, it's going to be low scoring. Yeah, it'll definitely be like a 24-21, you're 21 you know, ten something like that. Yeah, I like the like the twenty three, ten, twenty four, yeah, seven. Because again, because the Bills, yeah. I don't, I can't see the Bills score more than two touchdowns against this defense. No, and because again, this the defense still has not let up any touchdowns, and unless yeah. Buffalo's offense is not good, I'm it's, sorry. It's I know they're three and zero, and I know Josh Allen is okay. They're not good. No, and they're at least they're. I feel like they'll do more offensively than the Jets did, though. At least, oh yeah, because Josh Allen will probably break out for a couple runs here and there. And you the know. Patriots struggle. The Patriots, as good as their defense has been the past, you know, few years and especially this, this year, year yep. really good. Their Achilles' heel in the past has been the scramble quarterback. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, Mitch Trubisky ran all over them last right, year. Right. This is where someone like Jamie Collins comes in to a huge factor, though. One of these really quick, you know, fast linebackers. I'd like to see if they put, a, like, a spy like Jamie Collins on uh, Josh Allen because... Or Van Noy, because they, I believe they've done that with Van Noy, too. Right. So I wouldn't mind him doing it because he, right. he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. That you, You're having career... It looks like career years from a couple of defenders this year. Oh, McCordy has three picks already. Yeah, McCordy. I was reading an article about him. He's, Collins already has a few sacks yeah. and a pick six. Yep. And even the big boys up front. Um, guys having a good year. Danny Shelton's having a pretty good year. You know, these guys you don't really hear of a lot, but and they're they all playing even, out of their minds. They haven't even really fully utilized Michael Bennett. No, I, I read that they're keeping him on like a snap count. Okay. Are they just uh, trying to preserve him? Well, the game against the Jets on Sunday, I guess they played linebacker heavy packages. Okay. Um, so in type of games where they're going to play more, you know, defensive um, linemen and stuff as opposed to linebackers, then uh, you'll probably see more of uh, Michael Bennett in there. But he is old on the older side. He definitely is. You know, and he doesn't wear shoulder pads, so he's. <laughs> danger to get hurt and he got like i feel like he was used a lot when he was with seattle yeah i would expect you to see him getting warmed up i think that's another thing though because they traded for him you know back in whatever march or whatever it yeah, was right around free agency but like draft. the Patriots system i know we always talk about offense but defense wise you know i know he's been here he had the full off season but i still think he's getting used to it someone like jamie collins he knows the defense you know oh yeah so that's why he picked up right where he left off. But someone like Michael Bennett, he still might not know everything. Yeah. But he's good enough talent that I think he'll figure it out. And I do think it's less of that and more of we want to preserve this guy and at least the beast towards the middle part of the season when our schedule gets a lot tougher. Yeah, they, they don't need him. They they don't need him until like week 10. Right. Like I mean, it, as crazy as it sounds, could it be a could it be a case of Bill saying, Listen, Mike, I don't want you to do this because I don't want it on film for Kansas City to have oh, until the Kansas City game. That'd be, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like they, they've got to be holding on to something. Like they're, they're, they haven't let all the dogs loose yet, so to speak. Right. That, I think that's, like, that's very clear because, yeah, and again, thankfully, thankfully, they have this cream puff schedule to start before they're by because now like with all their offensive woes, their offensive line woes, they need to figure this thing out before it gets really tough. Because when it gets really tough, I mean, 
you got nowhere else to go. You gotta right. You really you got two months to figure it out. So yeah, I just feel like you know don't don't make Brady vulnerable. Like don't put him in too many spots where you know he's going to take a big shot or something like that. But yeah, I I just I'm a little bit concerned about that offensive line. Marcus uh, Marcus Cannon not 100. percent Obviously, Isaiah Wynn on the IR. Hopefully, he comes back. You brought in a few new faces after uh, final roster cuts. So it's really just a, a bag of misfits, you know, pretty much for the right. most part. Ted Karras was snapping the ball like it was like it was full of helium in week one. Yeah, looking like a volleyball going around the bleachers at Fenway. Yeah, I mean, so that's like the biggest concern. And then Steven Gostowski misses another extra point. Yeah, uh, I think that's that's mental. He's a head case, Dan, yeah, I think. He is. Because I was listening yesterday, and they're saying, well, for all these people that are saying, you know, Gostowski's hurt, he's got a hip injury and stuff, then tell me why on the kickoff he kicks it into the stand so far. <laughs> that's right? a good point. Yeah. You tell me. If he's so hurt, how can he kick it, you know, 60 yards on the kickoff? It's got to be mental. And if it is, like, purely mental – then I got questions because they're not bringing anybody in. And is Bill doing that? Because does Bill know if he brings someone else in, will that just make Gostowski a puddle? Right. Like, if, he's that- already, if he's already a mental case, is it going to be, you know, he's going to become, you know, off, like just off the grid. Off, Pretty much. Off the, off the meds, basically. Off the reservation, yeah. so to speak. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not good. And, yeah, I know week one he was perfect. Uh, Miami, he's never been good in Miami. Okay, I get that. But, like, for the people that say, like, oh, you know, they're still blowing doors. It's not like, you know, he has to be absolutely perfect. I'm sorry. This has been a trend for the past several years, okay? Right. He's been missing kicks left and right, and especially in big spots, AFC championships. He's been missing extra points. Like, you got to figure it out. And I think... They, if I remember right, they have the audio of uh, Brady and Bill uh, clipped up from the latest Super Bowl, yep. and it was the Patriots had around you know fourth and two or whatever it was, and Tom had to convince Bill to kick a forty-one yard field goal to ice the game because Bill was worried that Steve was going to miss it. I remember too, like when we were watching it, we were like asking each other, "Oh my God, like are they going to go for it or are they going to just kick this and end it?" Right. You had to hold your breath because yep. I believe he missed the extra point, right, on yeah. the first touchdown they yep. scored. Yeah. <laughs> and I think he missed – I thought he missed a field goal in that game too, no? Maybe missed a field goal because how else did they yeah, get no. 13 if he didn't miss a field it had goal? To, it had to I think he hit goal. the extra point then. He must have hit the extra point and missed a field goal prior. He, yeah, that's right. that's definitely what it was. Because the Patriots only scored one touchdown. Yeah, that, that game was 3-3 after the half, the first yeah. half. Scary. <laughs> Very scary. But I don't know. I don't know what they do because, look, I get it. They don't need him to be spot on the first eight, nine, ten weeks. Fine. If you want to tell me that, that's fine. But they're going to need him at some point to make sure he makes his kicks because if you make it to the AFC title game, you need every point you can get against that team. The Baltimore freaking Ravens went for it. They went for two. After their first touchdown, that's how worried they were about putting up points against right. KC. And they have the best kicker maybe of all time. And they went for it four times. Four. With 
the one of the best kickers we've ever seen, Justin Tucker, and they felt the need to go for it on fourth down four times. Granted, they converted three out of those four, but that tells you right there. Kansas City took that Ravens team and they made them like change their whole approach completely. So, I mean, if I'm the Patriots, if I'm Bill, look, don't just keep watching this happen until it's too late and then you're like, oh, well, you know, we believed in him and he's always been good for this team, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear that if it comes down to Kostowski needs to make a big one and he ends up missing it. That's not the answer I'm, I'm, I'm going to want to hear. Yeah, I agree. I agree completely. I mean, there's a lot of pressure on him. But, like, the other thing is, too, who else could they realistically even get or bring in? Right. I mean, you might it's it's tough. It's it's a catch-22 because you either ride it out with Kostowski and he ends up burning you in the end, or you bring in someone else and they're not as good, but it's like you haven't seen that person miss kicks for you yet, so you're like, oh, well, they should be okay. And then they put on the uniform, and then they start missing extra points, and you're like, oh, we should have just kept Gostowski. So honestly, yeah, if, if I had to pick one way or the other, I would just bring someone in. If you're that worried about the guy's mental makeup, I mean, he's got to have some sort of mental strength in there. You can't hit all these field goals year after year be and he's literally one of the greatest field goal kickers right. of all time. I mean, I back in you know five, four, five, six years ago, this guy was nails. I mean, he was mm. nails. I remember he hit a fifty-four yarder to beat the Giants um, a couple years ago when the Patriots were like eight and zero or nine and zero to keep their season undefeated. Um, the year they lost to Denver in the AFC Championship game, um, or maybe I'm thinking of another season. But the first time they lost to Denver in the AFC Championship game, the year they got blown out oh, at Edelman, and he was throwing like Austin Call, yeah, twenty thirteen stuff like that. But um, I remember thinking like there was a time where I was like, you know, if it's under fifty five yards, Steve's gonna hit it. I mean, oh. he's gonna hit it. He's gonna hit it. He's gonna hit it. And he he did. He just hit 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 every time. <laughs> and now you're at the point where, you know. 25 yard field goal. You're not sure if it's gonna go in. No, uh, an extra point. I mean. It feels like, too, right? Ever since they extended the extra point... Oh, they ruined kickers. They literally... <laughs> I, like, I'm so mad I don't have the stats in front of me. But I guarantee you, just look at the numbers of how many extra points missed or field goal percentage in general over the league. I guarantee you it's dipped over the past decade. 100%. Since that rule change, what was it, 2015, 14? Yeah, I don't know. They just... They've ruined. They've they've turned kickers in into puddles. Absolutely, <laughs> and there's only you know five or six kickers that haven't you know been affected by it completely. I mean, even the, the good kickers in the league now uh, set aside you know Justin Tucker and maybe Matt Prater. I mean, every other good kicker has been affected by this. Oh yeah, they this they, issue. They miss. I feel like every kicker. Like that's not named Justin Tucker or Matt Prater has missed multiple extra points like year after year, at least. So, yeah, I don't want to go too crazy on the kicker. It's I wish we didn't have to talk about him because it's like, man, if you just hit your kicks, I like we're not even going to mention your name. Like it's just going to be man that Gostowski just always clutch. 
consistent. I mean, he's Venetari 2.0, pretty much. I mean, that's literally what he's been for this team. But, yeah, again, they need to figure it out there. I don't care about what Bill's worried about with Gostowski. Bring someone in. Do it yesterday. I don't care. If it makes him even more of a puddle, so be it. So be it. But you, you can't just sit here and watch it keep happening week after week. Especially, it's, it's, just, it's been a trend. It's been an absolute trend. Um, we're going to take another quick break and then come back, probably go all the way to seven for you. So, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to take our first break with Jonathan. And you can follow Jonathan, by the way, at jsully1797. Catch up with all of his sports takes. He I'll has a lot of back. hot ones. He'll follow you back. That's, that's a real quote right there, folks. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll come back with some more NFL. Don't think we're going to touch on the Red Sox. I mean, uh, really, do you re- even really want to hear about that team? They don't team? deserve it. They don't deserve it. Uh, so we'll be back. You've been listening to the Mouth and Mouth Sports Show, hosted by Dan Stadick, joined in by Jonathan Sullivan. You can call the show when the phone patch is working. You can call us at 508-531-1303. That should be up and running again next week. And you're listening to WBIM 91.5. Welcome back. Welcome back. You're listening to WBIM 91.5 FM. It is the Mouth and Off Sports Show. I'm Dan Sadik alongside with Jonathan Sullivan. And we're going to do some more NFL talk here. We're going to segue away from the Patriots a little bit. We'll give you some surprise teams, players, who we like so far that have kind of stuck out that we didn't really expect. Um, I'm going to let Jonathan take the lead on this one. Who do, you, who do you think is a big surprise so far, Jonathan? Team or player, whatever you got. Team-wise, my biggest surprise is... The Detroit Lions. Yes. Um, this team is two zero and one. Should be, should be three and zero. No reason Facts. why. I believe they're up twenty seven to six or twenty four to six or something like that in their game in the desert in Arizona week one. Of course, they blew that because the Lions love the blow games. But this team beat, you know, they tied Arizona, which is bad. But they beat the Chargers at home. Which is a good team. I know that the Chargers are one and two as well, but they're a good team. And then they went on the road to Philadelphia and won two. Which I understand Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson are out, but still, that's that's a tough game. And yep. these Lions, you know, do I think they're going to win the Super Bowl? No. But did I expect the Lions to, you know, have a shot at winning the NFC North? No. <laughs> but I mean, it looks like that this this division is loaded <laughs> absolutely loaded and i mean the lions i you know you wouldn't have i wouldn't have been surprised if you told me they're going five and eleven you know maddie p was already on the firing block before the season started and now two oh and one and they got a really hard game this week against kansas city but i mean they've been surprised they look good they look good yeah yeah i i like that i like that pick for sure my Surprise standout team thus far. And I was down on them going in for obvious reasons. I think everybody was. The Indianapolis Colts, 2-1. and one. Jacoby Brissett, 
Looking kind of like a legit quarterback. Just, just going to say it. ESPN's I mean, QBR has him in the, uh, I believe, ninth or 10th yeah. in their QBR for the league. I mean, come on now. Against the Falcons, 28 of 37, over 300 yards, two TDs, no picks. And honestly, they could be 3-0 and if they didn't lose an over t- uh, overtime to the Chargers right. in week one. Like, I, li- I kind of like the Chargers. If I'm the Texans, <laughs> like, Andrew Luck retired. And the Texans still might not win that division when it's all said and done. Right, I agree. I'm, I'm hot. I'm kind of high on the Colts. Kind of, kind of high it's on the Colts. It's fair. It's fair. I mean, Daniel, it's fair. What What else can I say? I was down on you know, say when we were talking about fantasy football uh, a few off air pods ago. I was like, don't take Eric Ebron. I'm out, out on the Colts, out, out, out. And now I'm creeping back in. I think I'm. I think I'm in. And, uh, yeah, T.Y. is hurt, but, I mean, you know, he's been really good this year. He's caught a touchdown every game. He had eight catches at the half oh, yeah, in Sunday's game. Was... Eight catches at the mm-hmm. half. And I was told that he's going to be getting – he's going to be okay for week four. That's why I read today that his injury isn't that serious. And T.Y., you know, a lot of people worried about his, you know, um, effectiveness with post-Andrew Luck because – the year that Andrew Luck missed and they had Jacoby Brissett start some games. Yep. Um, you know, T.Y. wasn't all that effective. But it looks like Brissett has, has become a legit quarterback. And T.Y. Hilton maybe even having a better season than he did last year with Andrew Luck, dare I say. Crazy. And I, w- I always liked Brissett, too. Like, when he was with the Pats and he had uh, – he filled in a little bit for Brady when he was suspended and Jimmy G went down. I liked him. I mean, I didn't think he – really was going to be like a prolific passer in the league but so far he's proving that he can be that he can be you know a pass first guy you don't you don't have to like he's at least proving that they don't need to like dumb down the offense they don't need to strip it down for him and and cater to his play style and be like a run first type team i mean he's really proving that he's a legit starting nfl quarterback then you look on the other side i know they haven't played really good teams but the 49ers are still 3 and 0. I mean, fair. Like that's the thing. Like I get they haven't played good competition, but like the Bills are 3 and 0 too and I got to give credit where credit's due. And again, the Bills haven't played tough competition, but I'm not going to sit here and say the Bills are a terrible team. Yeah, do I think they're going to go like 12 and 4? No, absolutely not. They won't. But if they were 0-3, we'd be trashing them right now. So, I mean, they're always doing their part. Josh Allen also looks like he's probably going to be a legit starter in this league. I don't know about face of the franchise or uh, Pro Bowl, Super Bowl potential team, but, like, he's not inept at the very right. least. And for so long, we've always just had these terrible, don't-know-what-they're-doing quarterbacks in the AFC East. So I'll, I'll give the Bills an honorable mention. Absolutely. That's fair. What about uh, duds? Like, who who do you just... You're just out. Like, you couldn't be more out on. Because I have a team that I am so out on. I hope I didn't pick them. But my biggest dud so far... Yep. Philadelphia Eagles. Okay, you didn't take it. Thank All you. Right, good. Thank you for not taking you're it. You're welcome. I mean, this team is 1-2. and two, And their only win came against Wash- a Washington team who blows... And they were losing at the half. I believe they were down twenty-one to seven or twenty to seven at one point in that game. And I mean, 
Philadelphia. This is a team I thought was, you know, should be vying for the number one spot in the NFC. You yeah. know, I picked them to win the NFC East this year. I thought Dallas would be good, but Philadelphia would be great. And, I mean, this team, they look like, they look bad. I mean, they can't do it. Their offense looks bad. Their defense is banged up and only got more hurt this weekend with their number one corner, Darby, injuring his hamstring. He's going to miss a couple weeks. I mean, you know, going back to the Patriots, you know, you look at, oh, the Patriots schedule is so hard. But that matchup in Philadelphia was circled as really hard game. I don't know how hard it is anymore because that Eagles team, I mean, they're not they're not losing to, you know, New England, Dallas, and Kansas City. I mean, they lost to Atlanta, and they lost to Detroit. And I know I hyped up Detroit as my surprise team, but they're a surprise. They're not a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, exactly. And neither is Atlanta. And the Eagles should be a Super Bowl contender, and they're losing to teams that have no business even thinking about the Super Bowl. Yep. I uh, So my pick for Dud, I could not be more out on the Cleveland Browns. Uh, see... I'm not someone that thought they were going to be like a Super Bowl contender, but I thought they had a pretty good shot at making the playoffs. I thought they'd be like a wild card type team. And through these first three weeks, man, I do not see it now. I, I think they're going to be like a like a 6-10, and 10, oh, like 5-11 and 11 type team. I mean, Baker Mayfield so far has not played well. I don't know what Freddie Kitchens did to him, but... He looks like, like Jared Goff like, with, I an mean, inept, with an inept coach. <laughs> Week one, they got blown out by the Titans, 43-13. Who blow? Yes, and then they beat up on the lowly Jets. And then, granted, I'll give them this. They, they kept it close with the L.A. Rams, but come on. Come on. I mean, Baker, what are you doing? Week one, 64 uh, QBR. Freaking one TD, three picks. Next week, one TD, one pick, uh, 83 rating, not bad. But again, that was against the Jets. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to really give you a ton of credit for that. Then against the Rams, sub 200 yards, a pick, one TD again. He's throwing a pick in every single game. Right. Uh, 64 rating. Like, you just, I don't know what happened. I mean, I heard you mention earlier that he looks like he, you know, locks into his first read and if he's going to throw it whether that guy's open or not in the game against the Rams on Sunday night I think it was either second or third down they had at at the four they ran a play and Odell Beckham literally made his defender fall down (laughs) at the snap of the football and the other guy came over to cover Odell but this means that someone somewhere has to be open yep and Baker didn't even see it, wasn't even looking that way. He only focused in on the tight end who was double covered in the back of the end zone and threw it, and it was incomplete. And he never even looked. He didn't even see that Odell's Be- Jr.'s Beck- uh, Odell <laughs> Beckham Jr.'s defender had fallen down because he's so locked in on this one target, even yeah. though he was double covered. Yeah, he's he's not really making reads. If, he feels like he's like he's already de- like before the snap. He's like already decided where he's going to go, and he just try he just tries to force that. And he's dropping back like way too far, right? And just creating, creating stress and situations that shouldn't even be there, you know. And like I do like Freddie Kitchens on paper, but man, like first three weeks does not look good. It, it, they don't feel like 
they're utilizing their offense the way they should be. They don't feel aggressive. Jarvis Landry not really getting a ton of work, and that feels like a one-two punch. Odell and Jarvis Landry that feels like a dangerous one-two punch. Yeah, and they really it's not, haven't feels, done it's much. not like those guys are old. No, they're in the primes right. of their career. So I don't get it. I really don't understand what's going on with that team. I hope they can figure it out, turn things around. But so far, this looks like a true sophomore slump for Baker. Right. And I mean, I'm really high on Baker. I I feel like he's going to be that franchise quarterback for the next 10 years, but this is not a good start. Right. I want to move on. Uh, I got a question for you. Yep. You in or out? Because I'm just going to say right now, I am so in on Danny Dimes. On what? Danny Dimes. Danny Dimes? Danny Dimes Jones. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm into. I'm into. I I think the Giants got a legit guy. Do I think the Giants are going to beat the Pats when they play them in a couple weeks? No. No. Probably lose by two possessions. But they actually look like they have a guy now. And Eli, who knows? We could have, you know, we might have seen the last of Eli Manning, for all we know. But bringing that team back, getting them that win, it's a big win for them. It's a big win for him, too. Because if he got out there in his first start, and he lost, and it was like a two-score game, three-score game, and he was just throwing ducks all over the place. It'd be tough. It'd be really, really tough. But I would much rather more competent QBs around the league. Like, that's what I'm rooting for. I want good quarterback play. I feel like this year with Breeze going down, Roethlisberger, Foles, it's just like, oh, oh man, this product is going to suffer. And it right. is. right. But uh, Daniel Jones looking good. I like that. I'm a fan of that. Gardner Minshew the second. I am a Gardner Minshew stan, so I love that. Absolutely. So, like, the Nick Foles thing might be a blessing in disguise for the Jaguars if they have a legit, uh, legit guy there. But I don't know. It's just the overall level of play at quarterback just feels like it's just down. And that just hurts the product overall. So... Definitely a fan of Daniel Jones, uh, Danny Dimes, as you call him. Jeez. <laughs> Definitely uh, in on him. It's too bad that he lost his best uh, offensive player yeah, on but, a route. Yeah, route. Uh, we'll have to see what Wayne Gallman does. I hope he does good because uh, I have 12-12 uh, in our fantasy league, <laughs> and I put in my waiver claim for him oh, God. yesterday, so I'll have him on my roster tomorrow. But Congratulations, Jonathan. Yeah, that's a shout-out to listener Nick Brown. Do you want a medal? Um. If Wayne Gallman is a stud, then maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, at least they're saying Saquon might come back like six to eight weeks. Right, but right. high ankles are never good. Never, never good. So Right, they linger. They're like a hamstring. They yeah. Just, they linger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, w- I would say, yeah, Browns, I'm, I'm not going to really throw anyone else in there. I'm not really, like, surprised by any of the other bad teams. Like, you know, kind of expected, like, the Dolphins – expected that to be a dumpster fire right the jets i'll say this about the jets i just i i feel like they cannot get out of their own way whatever they do and everybody's hurt and we got another caller just gonna let them know that our phone patch is currently not working so just bear with us for one moment all right folks apologies for that we had a caller Call in. They weren't aware that the phone patch is currently in the process of being replaced. 
no worries on that. We appreciate you for listening. Uh, Gangar on the phone. I should have got a, a song request for you. We would have played it. Oh, we got another caller. Just one moment. Hopefully we're not getting To quality content. Tune in Saturdays 3 to 5 on 91.5 WBIM. And that must have been a wrong number. So, yeah, thank you for listening, uh, Gangar, and feel free to call in any time. We should be all set next week for anybody interested in calling. And if you need the number, it's 508-531-1303. So, yeah, that should be all taken care of next week. But, yeah, if you want a song request, though, we can do that. Uh, if you want uh, any particular song to be played, give us a call on that same number. And you won't get on the air, but I could at least take your song. So, we've got the last half hour here. Uh, any surprise players that you're, you know, you couldn't be more in on that you really didn't see happening? Because I have, I think I have one or two, but I'll let you go first, Jonathan. Uh, I have Keenan Allen okay. um, as a surprise to me because uh, he had an absolutely monstrous game in a losing effort to the Texans on Sunday. And I was looking at some stats. I don't have them on me right now, but I believe he almost has seven or eight more targets than any other wide receiver this season through three weeks, which is incredible. Like, you know, eight more targets than anyone through three weeks. Um, He is almost in the NFL receiving yards lead by almost like 100 yards. I think he's 75 up on the second um, closest person, who's John Ross. Yep. Surprise there. Yeah, big surprise. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that say, you know, ooh, the boogeyman, Keenan Allen's day is coming, you know. But this is a guy that's been healthy for two straight years. So, I mean, I think that he's, you know, everyone's known he's, you know, good. You know, Keenan Allen, he's a good player and stuff right. like that. But I think that this is the year Keenan Allen gets in the, the conversation, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones and Michael Thomas and OBJ, mm. you know, for who's the best wide receiver in the league. I think Keenan Allen puts up a season this year where you have to say, man, you know, Keenan Allen's right there with those guys because he's putting up the numbers like them. I like that pick. I like that pick. And mine, mine's kind of similar, like a guy that is good. Like it shouldn't surprise you that he's having a good year so far. But given his circumstances, and it kind of goes along with my surprise good team, uh, T.Y. Hilton. I mean, yeah, we all know he can put up numbers. We all know he's a very talented receiver, very good. And yeah, he's a little banged up right now. But he has a new quarterback. You know, he doesn't have Andrew Luck anymore. It's Jacoby Brissett, just a, a different style. Like, for any wide receiver, like, that could be a challenge. So, and already, I mean, already he's got four touchdowns in three games, and he's putting up, like, eight catches in multiple games, four in week two. And, again, with a new quarterback, whole new different feel when that happens. So I really like T.Y., uh, that's definitely like my number one, and I would say, I would say another surprise player for me personally. I mean, you would have to throw John Ross in there, like especially because he hasn't really been able to put it together in his career. Like he has all the tools, but this year he's finally going off, and like you said, he's putting up a ton of yards. He's right up there with Keenan Allen, Keenan Allen, and a uh, top two receivers this year. Thus far, so John Ross for sure. I think I think we'll have a lot more like by week eight or nine once we have like a bit more of a sample size, because there's been some 
Some teams have just been so up and down. I mean, Marcus Mariota on paper has been way better than like what he is to the naked eye. Like on paper, I think he has like a top five passer rating or QBR in the league, and he's bad. He's bad. It's like he shouldn't have that, but like for some reason, his his QBR is pretty good. But yeah, I I would say John Ross, T. Y. Hilton. You know, guys like that. I thought Le'Veon Bell was going to really, really turn it on this year after having a year off. But, man, why did you go to the Jets? Uh, you just, that's just a terrible, terrible situation over there. And I thought they had a legit chance to have a winning record, maybe even be 10-6, and six, but no way. Sam Darnold goes down with Mono, and Le'Veon Bell could not get anything going against the Patriots. Not that I expected them to, but I believe he only had like 35 yards rushing. Yeah, he averaged like he averaged less than 2 yards a carry. It was it was bad. It was a tough scene for him. Yeah. And again, he still has plenty of time to turn things around, but the first 3 weeks do not look very promising for him that offense. And now Darnold's out for what? Another at least 2 2 weeks, Probably. right? At least. Yeah. Unbelievable. So and literally, Adam Gase, uh, during media session, well, if his, if uh, Darnold's uh, spleen uh, you know, explodes, then, then we have a problem. Uh, you think? You already have a problem. Right. He's got mono, and he can't even, he can't even suit up for you. So, yeah, that's, that's really tough. Really tough. Um, I mean, they're on their third-string quarterback. Like, that's just a terrible, terrible look. But, yeah, I think... I think overall, yeah, there's a lot of, like, up-and-coming younger players, and we are getting to see a lot of, like, young quarterbacks. But for the most part, that's just bad. Like, Mason Rudolph doesn't look any good. He looks bad. I thought he was going to look pretty good. He looked bad. I mean, the Steelers traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. For for that team, why? I mean, that's a head-scratcher. Big Ben's not coming back. Like, you really think you're going to have a chance? You're looking at a potential... You know, dare I say, top six or seven pick going to Miami for Miami, yeah. And that could have been your guy. You know, that could have been your Justin Herbert from Oregon. Yeah, you know, I, that I don't could know be why. your guy. <laughs> they like that trade. To, you know, Ben Big Ben's not getting any younger. No, you know, and Big Ben, for all we know, could be done. He's not. Yeah, you know, I've heard a lot that you know this this is this injury he has is a very long rehabbing process. And Ben's, you know, he's not a model for fitness. He's, no. He doesn't strike me as, you know, the I set an alarm for 4.30 a.m. and then I go for a run and then I'm asleep no. by 7 o'clock at night and I watch my diet and everything like that. Big Ben is he's that's big. not Big Ben, you know. No, That's he's not thick. him. And he's already made his money. He already won his Super Bowls. Yeah. I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think he's going to put in the work. I mean, it's very – a lot of people have been saying it, but – I have to agree. I don't think he's going to put in the rehab work that he he needs. And I think if he comes back next year, the Steelers are going to be in a position where, you know, you're in two years of rebuild as opposed to if you just took this season, rebuild, and get the next guy. That way when Ben misses next year, you already have the guy. Right. right? And I think the only chance that Big Ben comes back, like, and is able to play next year or sometime next year is the fact that, like, I think having Mason Rudolph in there is like a big motivational thing for him because I remember before they drafted Rudolph, Big Ben, I think that year, 
or the, that off season before they drafted him had been talking about like for the like two years straight, I think like potentially hanging it up. Oh, this might be my last year. I don't know. They draft Mason Rudolph. He's like, yeah, I got like four more in me. I mean, all those guys get motivated. Brady was motivated by uh, Garoppolo when he was drafted. And Belichick with the famous quote, well, we all know Tom's age and contract situation. I think that's a similar thing. Like, that could be the one thing that gets a chip on Big Ben's shoulder. He's like, I don't want to be replaced, especially if, especially if Rudolph looks any semblance of decent throughout this year. He's going to pretty much get the green light to be – to do whatever to try to figure it out. I mean, they're not going to really bench him. I don't see that happening. So, yeah, big bend down. And the only good young quarterbacks out there, really, that are showing you any promise. I mean, Daniel Jones gave you one game, but you can't really buy all the stock there. Jimmy G's 49ers are 3-0, and but he hasn't looked good. No. He, he looks like... He looks like a middle-of-the-road quarterback, you know? Yeah, 100%. And who knows with Gardner Minshew? He's a late-round guy. I mean, Sam Darnold has mono. Josh Allen looks decent. He might be – he might – there might be something good there. And again – And Kyler Murray looks looks okay. Yeah. But I'm not sold on him yet. I, I'm, I'm I scared. I'm not sold, yeah. I'm scared by how he plays. I feel he's like – He's too reckless. He's and like, yeah. he's scared to throw the ball down the field. I believe his uh, yard per completion against uh, – who do they play over the weekend? Carolina. It was like five yards or something like. It's oh. very low. Like he's scared to throw the ball yep. down the field. I feel like he's like one. Like obviously, a lot of guys are one hit away from whatever. But I feel like he's like so small. Right. He, like he really like I don't know how he got measured in at five ten and whatever it was at the combine or his pro day, but like there's no way he's like five foot eight. Like, there's no way. He just he looks like a guy that might not hold up. I don't know. But I'd say the best young quarterback besides your obvious Pat Mahomes, right now, given the sample size, Lamar Jackson. Looks, like, looks good. Looks really good. Has been making a lot of the throws. Has obviously can scramble. Has done that pretty well when he needs to. And the Ravens look pretty legit. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson didn't look, you know, didn't look great against Kansas City over the weekend. That was his first that whole real team test of the didn't season. Really look great besides Mark Ingram. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he looks like I think the Ravens have something. And they have and also don't discredit, you know, coaching staffs and stuff like that. Like it's a true. lot of these guys have bad coaches. But Lamar Jackson is in a situation where he does not have a bad coach. He, John Harbaugh is consistently, you know, one of the top coaches in the league. And, you know, I, I know he's not a – maybe he's not a quarterback whisperer, more of a defensive guy, I believe. But, yep. um, you know, it's still about the organization, the coaching organization. Yeah, I mean, John Harbaugh is a good coach, good role model, and he'll put the people in place that need to be in place to get Lamar Jackson where he wants it. Absolutely. And, again, going to the coaching, Kyler Murray has Cliff Kingsbury. Like – Awful. Oh. I don't don't get me started on this. I did, it, it makes no sense to me how a college coach, this guy Cliff Kingsbury, <laughs> I believe what was it last year, coached at Texas, uh, Texas Tech. Yep. They fired him because he couldn't coach in the in the Big Twelve. He couldn't even get another job in college, so he was going to go to USC to be their offensive coordinator this year and maybe be like their heir 
because they're gonna hire they're gonna fire their coach who I forget what his name is but um until they just beat Utah over the weekend but um you know Cliff Kingsbury can't even find a job as a division one you know power five coach gonna go be an offensive coordinator in college and and this NFL team comes and says hey how about you come be our head coach (laughs) not hey how about you come be our it's Even our Sean offensive McVay coordinator. Effect. It's the Sean McVay effect. Like, unbelievable. This guy was 5-7 and seven last Dude, year at Texas Tech. He just, couldn't even get a job in college. Just, just look around the league. You got, uh, it's his face, Matt LaFleur in uh, Green Bay. Since he's coach, is super young. Right. Cl- Cliff is young. Like, it, it's the Sean McVay effect. It's a, it's a copycat league. It, it really is. Like, the Rams bringing this guy and... He just flips the switch, and all of a sudden, Jared Goff is a pro bowler. The Rams are going to the Super Bowl, and everybody else in the league is like, oh, I mean, we got to bring in a young guy. And that's that's what Arizona did. And obviously, Cliff Kingsbury loves Kyler Murray and was going to draft him, you know, from the second the Cardinals signed Kingsbury, he was going to, he knew Murray was his guy. So, yeah. That's just the thing. Like these young quarterbacks that end up in a organization that doesn't know what they're doing, that's that that hinders their career. I mean, I'm pr- I feel like it's just a given. And yeah, if Bra- like if a guy like Brady had been drafted to a poor organization, yeah, I still think he would have turned out to be you know an all timer. But is he? Does he go down as like the greatest of all time? I don't know. You know, he, I agree. He's lucky as well that he got drafted by an organization that they've had one head coach since he's been drafted, Bill Belichick. Largely, yeah, their staff overall has had a lot of turnover, but they get guys that stay there for a bit too and sometimes even come back, uh, like Josh McDaniels, guys that stay there for a while. And it's sort of like, it's just like that organizational thing from top to bottom, owner all the way down, they have their mantra. They have their way of doing things, and it's worked out unbelievably. And a lot of um, other organizations in general, like again the Cardinals, like the Jets, the Bills, the Dolphins, that have had a billion quarterbacks and coaches over the past twenty years, like that could have been anybody. That could right. have been Brady in that spot. Right. I mean, it's the formula. The NFL formula is coach, quarterback, quarterback, coach. Yeah, you know, they go hand in hand. Yep. You, you look, you know, that's that's how you win in the NFL: coach, quarterback, or quarterback, coach. Yeah, and Pat you know, Mahomes. Both of them. You can't have a bum quarterback and a genius coach, and you can't have a genius quarterback and a bum coach. Just look at. I know Aaron Rodgers has won one Super Bowl, but I mean that guy's missed the playoffs the last couple of years. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, and when he does make the playoffs, again, he rarely, rarely goes far. Right. I mean. I not to go off, but I'd rather Eli in the playoffs than Aaron Rodgers, and that's not really a bold take, but just seriously. Right. Um, yeah, I think, and again, you look at Pat Mahomes. He, that was the perfect storm. They move on from Alex Smith because they know, all right, we got to draft a kid. You know, We're probably not going to win with a game manager in Alex Smith, albeit a good quarterback, but he's not going to make many game-winning plays or big throws of that nature. So they get a guy in Pat Mahomes, they sit him for a year, learn the ropes, learn the offense, how to do things. They got a good coach in Andy Reid. Top to bottom, they have a good 
operation overall and tons of talent. And that was the perfect storm for Pat Mahomes. Absolutely. And if Andy Reid figures out how to manage the clock, they could win a Super Bowl in the next couple of years. Andy Reid just has to figure out how to... How to they could win a Super Bowl this year. They could. I, I, well, I, don't, next, well, I don't see it, Next though. year, 2020, technically. Well, that's true. Not to get technical. Yeah. I don't want to get too... This technical. season, they could win a Super Bowl. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, if... If you're someone that picked the Chiefs to win it all, I mean, that's a great pick. Absolutely. Right. It's just... All the Pats haters are definitely going to pick Kansas City. I just look at history, and the Pats have been in three straight Super Bowls. They've been in four out of five. I mean, it's ridiculous. They've won. They, they could repeat this year. And that's the thing, too. No one's repeated since 3 4 So, like... Obviously, taking the Chiefs would be the smart bet. I mean, but if the Pats did repeat, that would be that would be something. But yeah, yeah, I I just I want good quarterbacks. That's like the moral of the story here, Jonathan. I want as many good quarterbacks in the league as possible because without good quarter, quarterbacks, your product suffers right majorly. Right. So yeah, absolutely. We're gonna take one more quick breather and we'll come back with the mortal locks of the week uh we had some on our off-air pod jonathan was the only one that got his um mortal lock correct vikings minus eight and a half never in doubt baby that was from last week never in doubt yep and uh so we'll we'll come back and we'll have those mortal locks for you and be sure again if you have a phone, uh, a song request that you want played before the show ends, you can call us at 508-531-1303. And again, the phone pass should be up and running again by next week's show. So make sure you do that. Make sure you got that number. And again, we'll be back in just a few short minutes. You're listening to 91.5 WBIM. This is the Mouth and Mouth Sports Show hosted by Dan Sadik alongside with Jonathan Sullivan. Welcome back. It is the final segment on today's show. And again, this is our new time slot, Tuesdays 5 to 7. Be sure to check out the show every week. Catch us on Twitter, at Mouth and Off Radio. No G, at D-S-A-D-E-K 94 on Twitter, at Sully 1797 And Ryan's not here, but at Brownie1224. Be sure to check all that out. It is time for the Mortal Walks of the Week. And just to get Ryan's over with, because he sent it in via text, it is he's taking the Chiefs minus six over the Lions. That's his mortal lock. And I wish he were here so I could yell at him because, I mean, my mortal lock from our off-air pod. That's a weak. Hey, Ryan, that's a weak mortal lock. Yeah. I mean, I got yelled at for taking a rel for wanting to take originally a relatively, you know, not too obvious of a line. And this man just took minus six over the Lions. The Chiefs, yikes. Jonathan, the floor is yours. This is going to sound a little ridiculous, okay? <laughs> My moral lock this week is 
Dolphins plus 17 at home against the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> oh, I love that pick. <laughs> I love it. Only because the Dolphins did play the oh. Cowboys competitive for the first half. They almost should have had the lead at half before that bum Kenyon Drake fumbled uh, in inside the 10 right before half. Um, the Chargers got to come, come east, 1 o'clock start. Uh, everyone knows that's tough. Uh, and, you know, the Chargers, they're just a perennial, just, I don't know, they just let you down. Yeah. I, I mean, I still think the Chargers are going to win this game. Don't get me wrong. The Dolphins aren't going to win, but they are going to cover. And that's your mortal lock. <laughs> I love it. I love that mortal lock so much. My mortal lock. So we got Browns at Ravens. Ravens uh, looking to cover minus seven. I love that. I love Ravens minus seven at home against the Browns, who coming off a tough game against the Rams. And again, I just I see this getting worse for the Browns before it gets better. That's the way I I, I see their situation. I I just think that. They're going to go up against a Ravens team looking for some redemption after dropping uh, to KC. Going to look to get back to their ways. And they're going to be at home. One o'clock start again. I love that. Ravens minus seven. That's the mortal walk. So I like where we're at. I think I think I might have a solid chance this week. I agree with that point. Yeah. You know about the Ravens minus seven? Yep. And I mean, it just goes on with your theme. You're really out on the Cleveland Browns. I'm so, <laughs> I couldn't be more out on the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Like and just keep the keep the train rolling. Just bet against the Browns every week. It sounds like pretty much. I think that's the strategy <laughs> going forward, a hundred percent. So again, first show, first on air show of the semester. I think it went over pretty well, Jonathan. I don't know about you. I agree. I liked it. Yeah, absolutely. We got to wrap things up here, but we will be back next week. The phone patch should be all set. Just FYI, we should be all good to take calls next week. For those of you that wanted to get on today that couldn't, we should be all set next week, okay? I'll get confirmation, but from what I was told, I think I think next week we're good. So make sure to catch us again and next week, 5 to 7 p.m. Tuesdays. And, um, yeah, I think we'll pr- pretty much be the same thing, Patriots and NFL, unless anything crazy happens in the NBA or NHL world or the Red Sox, for that matter. I don't know who their GM is going to be for next year. Maybe that right. could be and one if the second. And if the phone's pack, patch is picked, fixed, and, you know, you have an NFL, I mean, NBA or NHL question, and you call in, then, you know, we'll discuss it. Absolutely. But yep. for the most part, we'll be football heavy, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the that's the plan. Thank you all again for listening. WBIM 91.5 FM. It's been the Mouth and Off Sports Show. With me, yours truly, Dan Sadik, alongside with Jonathan Sullivan. We will catch you next week, everybody. Almost Have a great night. Take me home. Country Take me roots. home. West Virginia, <laughs> Blue Ridge Mountains, Shenandoah River. Life is older, older than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing like a breeze. Country roads take me home to the place I belong, West Virginia.
into blue water Dark and dusty Painted on the sky Misty taste of moonshine Teardrop in my eye Country road 